Okay, today's daf is Lamed Tet, and in yesterday's daf, we ended the daf to try and understand um, all the simon that was given to work out whether a mule, its mother was a horse or the mother was a donkey. Um, now, to get, just to get the terminology right, I've been calling any mix of a horse and a donkey as being a mule, and that's for simplicity. Um, the truth is, if the, I just had to write this down, but if the father is a donkey and the mother is a horse, then it's a mule. If the father of the horse and a the mother is a donkey, then it's what's called a hinny, right? If you want to know your know your mules and, and hinnies, that is that is that is a technical terminology. But I'm just gonna make it simple and call it a mule because I don't know, makes it easy. Uh, but if you want to be precise, it's a mule and hinny. Okay, but let's continue. Having mentioned that the, the having mentioned yesterday's shear towards the end that you can actually you can work it out by the ears. Um, in terms of whether the mother is a donkey or a mule. So the Gemara adds an extra point now. It says, In other words, when it comes to the creation of a man, with the, the father and the mother contribute certain components. The, the loben, meaning the, contribu- the white contribution of a man, pr- helps produce the, the bones, the sinews, and the red ha'odem min ha'ishan, the red contribution of woman, shimen ha'oru is the leather, the, the flesh ha'basar ha'dam, and the and the and the blood. What's interesting here is the Maharal says is what you find the contributions are the chomer, the raw, if you like, material is from the isha, and the tsura, the form that comes to the bones and the alike, that comes from the ish. I'm not sure there may obviously be greater depths to that, but that's let's just continue. And it says, nefesh the nefesh and neshama comes Mishalakarosh Parvo. It's a Kodosh Parvo's contribution. And there are that's the three partners in the creation of a human being. And then it continues. Rav, um, Rav, uh, yes. Rav, Rav Baba says that Rav Yehuda B'Shem Rav said, that Chachamim agree with Rabbi Yehuda in a particular situation. If you recall, Rabbi Yehuda is of the opinion when it comes to these mules, that you have to, it, it's only if the, they only knock line with one another if the parents are the, like that, so that they, the, um, the mothers are the same, right? The same min, meaning both horse or both, or both donkey. However, if they, they can't all mules can't be together, which Chachamim say they can. However, it seems the Chachamim agree that you have a problem with Kilaim in the following. It says, You got me? Okay, let's say it again. It's We have a sus that you want to work alongside a Chamor. But that sus is the son of a sus and its grandfather was a Chamor. Or a, a, along with a Chamor, Ben Chamor, his grandfather was a sus. Okay? Now, the reason that say, in other words, the Quinta Reb Chaim, the Pasha Pshat here is that we're not Choshesh to the Zera of the grandparent, or we're Choshesh to the Zera of the parent, and therefore we've got a Chamor ben Chamor, really, and a Sus ben Sus, and therefore it's considered Kilai. However, he finds this, he says, Tzarich wide because when it comes to mules, mules cannot produce, so you can't get three generations, so it's very difficult to understand what's happening. If you look at the... Uh, if you look at the, um, the Pnei Moshe, he says, he, he describes it very interestingly. I'll explain it to you outside, but you can see it inside if you like. He said, we're dealing with a grandparent was a chamor. It produced a, 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 this is a normal birth, but sometimes what you can have them, the Mishnah discusses this, that a child has a different appearance. It's kamin com, something or other. So it ends up having an appearance of a sus, a susia. Okay. Then that susia, which is really, a product of a chamor, so it's really a chamor, even though it has appearance of a horse, has a relationship with a chamor and produces a, a something that looks like nirekasus. Okay, 
But really, even though it looks like what we've had here is a mule, but really it's parents, technically, if you call it, are both donkeys. So therefore, it's really has a din of a chamor. And then you have the same strange scenario at the outcome on the other side. So even though it looks like it's a mule with a mule, it's really a pure chamor with a pure source, and therefore that's why it's kilai. That's why the Pnei looks at it. You can have a look at yourself if you like. But it's a, it's a difficult piece. Anyway, let's continue. Rab Chagai says that Rabbi Zira B'Shem Rabbi Isab says, Bnei Izim Bnei Rechalim Asurim Zemazeh. That Izim and Rechalim, goats and sheep, are Asur with one another. And that should be obvious. However, Lo Ken Nan Amrina, we must be referring to another similar case of Ez Ben Ez Ben Rechel, Im Rechel Ben Rechel, or Rachel Rachel Ben Ez. Again, one of these three generation interesting cases, you can, however you explain it, like Rab Chaim or Pnei Moshe. Okay, let's learn the next Mishnah. This is uh, Halacha Dalet. Prutiot, are asurot. Now, prutiot are some type of uh, preda, some type of mule that it doesn't, it's, you can't, you can't, it doesn't have a simon, if you like, to determine if them, if it's a father is like what, what, what it's, what minutes um, the father was. It says, in the, it says, it's difficult to work out what the father mother was from this. Hilkah, therefore, they're all asur with one another, according to Kondra because Rabbi Huda says is that it's very important to go by the parent, meaning it's Hanoldun Menachamor. It says, it says, it's, it, we go by the father in terms of the min, the, the father, the father min have to be the same. However, min Haramach, Haramach is another type of species, but however, it's Yadua, exactly what its, um, its parents were, what meaning they were, that would be Muta with one another. Then it mentions the next interesting cases. The next is Adne Hasadeh. Now, the Adne Sadeh is a very interesting creature. The Gemara is going to discuss what it is. But when you look at the Mafarsha Mishnah, they also explain it very interestingly as well. You know, I will delay the explanation of what Adne Sadeh is until we meet in the Gemara in a, in a few lines down anyway. So there's some sort of creature. The Gemara says it's a Chaya. However, He says if it dies, it's like a human being. So we have to, it seems to be that this type of creature has similarities with a human being, which we will describe soon. Next, hakupad v'achuldat asnain is a chaya. So hakupad is a hedgehog, v'achuldat asnain is a chaya. However, v'achuldat asnain, Rabbi Yossi says, is actually, Beit Shammai says, it's metame bekezait uvamasa uvakadashah b'maga. Now, this is interesting. What does that mean? In other words, according to Beit Shammai, there's a suffix whether a chulder is actually a behema or whether it's a sheretz. Okay, so therefore, it's what it is. You have to be machmir like both. Is it matama like a sheretz or matama like a navela? So read Reb Chaim. He says if it's a behema, it's matama ben navela bekezayit. It's it can be a source of tuma even a kezayit. Whether it's maga, whether it's masab, because a navela can shed spread tuma in more ways than a sheretz. However, sheretz ain't matayla ben maga. Sheretz can only matama ben maga. However, meaning transfer tuma through direct contact. Or as a source of to through direct contact. Aval, however, you don't need a kazait with sagi pekadashak, meaning the size of the lentil. Lentil, sorry. Hilkach kazait mizu ha chulda metame afemasa. Therefore, you have to be choshish if you got a kazait worth. Maybe it's a maybe it's a behema, maybe it's a nevela. So therefore, you got to worry that maybe it should be tame masa. But if it's even if you have a small adashah, it'd be choshish. Maybe this is a sheretz. So you have to be choshish to the right source of tumas. So it's choshish. In other words, there's a there's a there's a suffix according to Beit Shama. How do we define this chul that's naim? This uh, this uh, sort of bush weasel, if you want to call it that. Now it continues. Shor bar a wild ox is a min behema, whereas Rabbi Yossi says min chaya. 
Now, it's very interesting what this machlok is about, Behemah and Chayad. Now, I want to, uh, Reb Chaim says, actually, all these things we'll see later on, because it's uh, other, there are other animals that come up later. Is The nafkamin is Mecca Chumemka. If someone says, I'm selling all my behemot, or I'm selling all my chayot, what does it include? What animals are included in that contractual deal? However, when it comes to, say, animals you could eat, there are other nafkaminas between behemah and chayah. Some people say, for example, the shor bar min behemah is, uh, or whether it's min chayah, comes to the question whether now, if you say it's a min chayah, then maybe it's kilayim. So that's how it relates to the mesechta. Or you can go even further. When it comes to kosher animals, I should say, that, um, that there's nafkaminas between a behemah and chayah. A behemah, for example, you're not allowed to have the chaylev, the certain fats from it, asr to eat, where the chayah, it's not, there's no isr there. On the reverse side, when it comes to the chayah, your chayah of his chayah in kisui hadam, when you shecht, you have to cover over the blood. So therefore, it makes a big nafkamin how you define these animals for many other halachas other than nekachomen karenki lime. You could also have nafkamin is for um, isr chaylev and also kisui hadam. But anyway, let's continue. But the reason why we're not going to limit it to that is because now we talk about a dog. So dogs, <laughs> clearly we're not worried about now, um, like eating them because you can't, they're not kosher. So therefore that's why we fall back on the position that it might relate to Mecha So therefore it says Kelev is a Min Chaya, whereas Rebbe Meir says it's actually a Min Behema. What about a Chazir? A Chazir is a Min Behema. And a Arod, a wild donkey is a Min Chaya. Now, Hapil Vahakof, an elephant and a monkey is a Min Chaya. The Adam, when it comes to a man, mutar im kulam lichrosh shoch. When it comes to isur kilaim, in terms of not interbreeding, in terms of um, pulling on a wagon or pulling a load, that a man is allowed to pull a load along with, an, with another animal. There's no isur kilaim there. I mean, you might think, one second, if I'm not allowed to have an ox and a donkey, maybe a human being can't help schlep the wagon along with the donkey, with the donkey or the, whatever it is. And then we say, no, there's no isur kilaim there. Okay, that's the Mishnah. Let's continue. Gemara now wants to look at the first cases in the Mishnah. Protiot, Asurot, Varamach, Mutar. These are the type of animals. These type of, type of donkeys, we said the first category was one that was just very difficult to work out what the, which min the parents were from, whereas the, the other one was. was. So Rav, Rav Imi B'Shem Rav Lazar says, Ramcha, why is it called a Ramach? It's Ramcha de lo Kalinos. What's the lo Kalinos? That it's able, I'll read Reb Chaim and then I'll show you something nice in the, in the Pnei Moshe. It says, it's a sus, it's very difficult to put a bridle over it, to restrain it. Um, because it is just so strong, putting it, just trying to rely on like a bit or a, a bridle, it, wouldn't, uh, it would be difficult to actually use to control the animal. So it's very strong. And it says, that refers to this, the difficult pasuk in Miguel Esther. It says, towards the end of the Megillah, sealed. Um, uh, by the king, that the shlach sfarim, the the sfarim that was sent out, the other ratzim basusim rochvei harechesh achashtranim bnei ramachim. So these bnei ramachim, what's the understanding here? Then, according to one pshat, I saw who was it? Can't remember now. But the bnei ramachim is done to imply that the mother of these creatures is because it's bnei ramachim is a is a sus, right? Um, that's one understanding, okay? However, what I wanted to show you, though, was an interesting understanding of how we see our klinus or is, is this bit or bridle. And the, um, the Pnei Moshe brings a few proofs. But one of them, he says, halfway through, it says, a certain person has good deeds and learns Torah, what's he similar to? The sus law klinus. Like a horse that has this bit and bridle, meaning he's a refined individual, he's a control. 
Okay. However, the she'en bo masim tovim, if he doesn't have good deeds, then we say dome la sus she'en lo klinos. It's like a horse, he might have a lot of power, but he doesn't actually have any control. Kevan shorocheb alav, if you try and ride upon such an animal, try to utilize, if like zorokobavatorosh, he's going to just simply eject you. Okay. That's a, that's a, that's a reference there in, that's how we, that's a brief, he's talking about klinos is some sort of bridle. Um, let's continue. What's this Adne Sade? So Yasi Arkaya explains, that's the name, that's his name. Baranash, it's like a human being, Maranash de Tor, like a mountain human a creature that looks like a human. So Baranash de Torhu, who Chaya and it lives Minatiburaya, that it sort of lives from its uh, belly button, seems to be attached to the ground, some sort of umbilical cord attached to the ground. That's what it draws its nutrients. The if Saktibura, if you can simply sever that, Lochaya. Which is an interesting creature. What's interesting, if you look at the Paparacha Mishnah, um, if you want to go to the complete other extreme, is that the um, Tiferet Israel says it's like an orangutan, meaning some sort of uh, some sort of uh, uh, orangutan or some sort of creature that looks uh, has similarities to human beings. That's sort of what that's way he explains it. Yerushalmi Avos understands some sort of creature that we're not familiar with. That's some sort of violent creature. You can't get anywhere near it, uh, and it's uh, it's uh, attached to the ground, so it's limited in terms of how it can go. Um, but, and if you sever it, it would. Now, what would be interesting in hunting these things, the Rush talks about the, so Rush really quotes the Rush actually. Um, and and he, uh, he says that apparently this is the, this creature is called the Adua. And if you've got, you know, if you remember in Chumash, it talks about the Bal Yidoni. They will take a bone from some sort of creature and they'd be able to do all these interesting things, speak to the dead, what, or get the dead to speak or whatever it was. So that seemed to be a bone from this creature. And that's why there was some sort of interest in um, hunting it and, I've had a distance shooting, aiming an arrow to try and sever its umbilical cord from the, the ground. Okay. In any event, that's our interesting, um, uh, what's his name? Ad Okay. Let's continue. Rabiosi Amar Metamot Ohel. So if you look here, Rabiosi said these creatures Metamot Ohel. So why? So Rav Chama Bar Ukva B'Shem Rabiosi Barchanina, time at the Rabiosi, he actually understands it from the Pasuk. He says, al Pnei Hasadeh. Meaning, what this pasuk is literally referring to, if you touch anything on the field, that's been killed by the sword or dead or or bone from a person or or, 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 a, or a, from a, a kever, from a, from a um, grave, then you'd be tamashivakim. That's what matumatamet. But he understands what does it mean, meaning anything something that grows from the field. And that seems to suggest that also part of this tumatamet is included this creature, the Adne Sade, according to Rebios. Okay. Next case, Hayiro rot va'neimit is harehem ko'of lechol davar. So these are bird-like creatures that you might think otherwise they might not be considered a bird. Well, neimit, so neimit, I think it is. It, it, that's an ostrich. We're familiar with that. What's a yiro rot or yeri rot or yiro rot or yiro dot? There's different ways, uh, different gears out here. But the, um, the way Reb Chaim explains this creature, it's a mintanin, so some sort of sea creature, that has a capacity to take flight. And because it's a capacity to take flight, it has the status of an off. And that's important because the tumor, the tumor that applies to birds is very different to the tumor that applies to other sort of land creatures. Um, and uh, yeah, fine. When it comes to a, a nachash, that is the status of a chaya. And we said, presumably, it's going to be important for the laws of Mechachumemkar. That's sort of the fallback position. We're not sure why else it would be important, I think. Let's continue. Chuldatas 9, Rebbe Yossi Omer. Now, Rebbe Chia B'Shem Rebbe Yochanan says, the shisha sveikot. So if you think about it, in all of Shas, there are only six sveikot. 
six things, six, six objects of which there are sveikot, um, so that we have doubts regarding their status. The first is Hatzalaf Be'ilan, that's Kebet Shammai. So what's the case of Slaf Be'ilan? So Slaf Be'ilan is, Rebet Shammai says, is a suffix whether a Slaf is considered an Ilan, a tree, or that's considered a, a uh, vegetable. Slaf is a caper bush. Now what's a nafkim in if it's a tree or not? Well, it's very important because the laws of Orla apply to fruit trees. I mean, the first trees wouldn't be able to enjoy from the fruit. Whereas if it's a vegetable, that's not a problem. If it's considered yarak. Um, and also we, came, we saw, I think, previously when it came to kilaim as well. In kilay kerem, for example, if it's a yarak is kilay kerem, yeah, as a kilay is a problem of kilaim in a kerem, whereas a tree doesn't have a problem with kilaim in a kerem, which we've learned previously. So that's number one. Number two, klich, the, now we have to change the gears as well at the moment. Klei netter, this uh, material called netter, is that considered like klei cheres or not? Now, according to Beit Shammai as a suffix, what's the difference between klei cheres and other kalim? Well, a klei, uh, normal kalim, n- normal, say, metalware other kalim, if tumor touches the inside or the outside, it becomes tamer, as long as it's got a tzurat klei. Klei cheres, however, if tumor comes into contact with the outside of the klei cheres, earthenware klei doesn't affect it whatsoever. If it's simply dangling within the space of the clay, and if it's not even touching it, it makes all clay tummy. So therefore, Bechama is, uh, is a suffix regarding clay netter, whether it is uh, like, so therefore it's machmir like both. If it touches the outside, it treats like clay shetter, for that it will become tummy. And if it's dangling inside, it also say it's tummy. However, according to Beit Hillel, he treats like clay cheres the whole davar, so that's not a question. Next, chuldat hasnaim. That's the case we saw in our Mishnah, this sort of bush weasel. The question, where do we treat it like a Sheretz or a Nevela, if it's dead? So that's that was Shita Beit Shammai in our Mishnah. And the final ones is Pol HaMitzri Bezraim. So Egyptian beings when it comes to Zraim. Now, what was that? We, we had this previously. It's a real Rechaim Esaf Galan. It's a Safek Imin Yerek or Minzera. We didn't know if it was a Yerek or a Zera. Why is it important to the difference? Im Zaran Yerek. We said previously, the way we deal with this case is if you plant it for the Yerek, uh, then you can plant it in a small aruga. If you planted it for the seed, then we say you cannot plant it with an aruga. Okay, that was the interesting status of it. Because if you remember, this whole thing of planting five in an aruga in a small patch only applied to yarek and not to actually like wheat and, and, uh, and things that are considered z- 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 zraim. Next is an androgynous, ba'adam. An androgynous is a human is a person who is born with both male and female um, organs, and therefore his gender is a suffix or chachamim. Now this is different to a tumtum. A tumtum is one who is who, who's, uh, whose private parts, if I, if I can say, are covered over, and technically through surgery or the like, you could determine the gender. This is I'm a cover it, work out what's going on. But there's a suffix. It's a different nature of a suffix. It's a suffix that we just don't know yet, but it needs to be determined. However, androgynous, since it's born with both these, um, th- both these attributes, its status is one of a suffix. And I'm sure you've seen it in, sh- in your learning already a number of times the case of androgynous, how nafkamin has come up. And the final one is a koi. The koi is this particular creature that it's a suffix min chai kamin behema. And by the way, both these spaker, androgynous and koi, I think, are mentioned towards the end of Mesef the Bikura, which uh, Mitzvah Shem will get to. Let's continue. Uh, Rav Chama Bar Ukva says as follows, Amar, uh, Amar uh, he had, the Amatrixin. Does anyone know what the Amatrixin is? Amatrixin, if you recall, that's in the, in the Beis Amigdash, right? The divide between the Kodesh Kodashim and the Kodesh, in the Heichal, right? Now, in the first Beis Amigdash, that was a wall. 
In the second base of Mikdash, what is it? It's two curtains. If you remember, call, read, read on Yom Kippur, they would go in and, and, and as a coin gadol is going up to go inside, it would turn to the left, the, the, the curtain was folded back, and it sort of snake path through it and end up coming and walk between the curtains and come back the other side and come back in and do, do, do this, the, burn the, the guitarist in there. So now the Gemara asks, now you know we've called the tricks, and that's also a suffix. We don't know is that part of the Kodesh or part of the Chol. So it says, tri- Why is it called a Trixin? Because Rabbi Yonah Botra Amar Trixon, Ma Bifnim Mi Bechutz. Trixon, according to Rabbi Chaim, he said, is Himilad Murkeved. It's a word that's made of two words. Turich is language of Pinim, and Son is Perush is Chutz. So Trixon is, that's where you get the learn for. We don't know if it's inside or if it's outside. That's a Ma'amar Trixon. Um, so Amar Rabbi Yossi, Min Ma Dichtiv. It seems to be, maybe you can bring proofs from the Psukim. It says, 40 is the That's the part before the Kodesh HaKodeshim. Means that past the 40, that's Amma must be Lifnim. Amra Mibifnim. However, Amra Le Rav Mana, Rav Mana says, no, but one second, but look at the next, look at the other Pasuk. It says, that the section that's Kodesh HaKodeshim is only 20 Amma. Mashma what? This Amma Trichsin is Kbechutz. So therefore, the psukim themselves, you can't draw any conclusion from. That's why we have this suffix. Okay, let's continue. Shor bar is a min behema. This wild ox is a type of behema. This wild ox is just only wild because it was domesticated and it broke free and it ran off. So therefore, the fact that it's wild shouldn't, status, shouldn't, shouldn't change its status. So Rabbi Yossi Amar, Ikraya min, sorry, ikraya min, it's ikar who knows, it's actually it's different species. Okay, let's continue. What do I want to say here? Tani, oh, ha, you've got here, but Tani. Shor im shor bar, an ox with a wild ox, is a, it says enam kilaim, is not considered kilaim. That seems to fit, well, the law krebiyasa. This can't be considered like rebiyasa, must be like chachamim, because chachamim says shor bar is just a regular shor that's run off. So that's why it's not kilayim. How, why? Because the Rabbi Yossi says, since it's a different min altogether, it would be kilayim. Because one's a min behema, one is a min chaya. The ilind metargamin, the tore bar, the ramnim, those that have the targum of Torah bar as ramnim, that must be Rabbi Yossi. Meaning, look at Rabbi Chaim, it says, this is a pasuk in Parsha Re'eh. They are counted along, uh, uh, just tore bar. It, it says, otovah zamer. This is a pasuk where it's talking about all the behemah and chayot, chayot that are kosher to eat. So the tov zamer, and they are counted amongst them. And the targum of that is the tore bar. Okay, the tore. Uh, one second, let me just get it. Uh, it says the tov is a monoim. Bichlal it says I'll. I'll finish. Sorry, I finished. Reb Chaim says ve'achol the tov zamer monoim sham bichlal achaya da'achiktiv ayel tzvi and it says tov zamer. Though the To'or V'zamer are translated as Tore Bar V'ramnim, that must be Shittat Rabbi Yossi. Why? Because he understands that a Tor Bar is a Min Chaya. And the fact that the Metargim, this uh, must be the To'or, as a Tor Bar, as a Min Chaya, must be Shittat Rabbi Yossi. Chachamim say, no, it's, it's, it's a Shor Bar, it's a normal Shor. Okay, let's continue. Rav Bar B'Shem Rebem Shmuel. Avaz im Avaz Midbar. A goose with a, a Midbar, a desert goose, I think it is. They're Kilain Zebazeh. They're considered two different minis. So it says, Avaz im Avaz yam. What about a goose with a, a water goose? I guess. So Tani Rabbi Yehuda ben Pazi de Bardalia. Rabbi Yossi Yehuda ben Pazi of, from Bardalia. 
from Dalia, he actually, sorry, from Dalia, he actually gave a shot. He answered, he taught it, but we actually don't know what he taught. We've lost the tradition of what he taught. So the Gemara says, I can solve it simply. Just before we learned about an Avaz and Avad Midbar, that they both came from the land. So he said the Kilayim. Once from the land, once from the ocean, from the sea, there should be kilaim with one another. Okay, let's continue. So the Mara is now mashma. The fact that the Torah says you're not allowed to plow a shor and chamor together, it's b'shor and chamor in your You're not allowed to plow with a shor and chamor together. Aval, but what? But you can plow with a shor in Adam or b'chamor in Adam. So that's why we're that's why we're mashma here that there's no issue of kilaim with a person and a chamor or a person and a and a shor. Okay, hadranalaki lekerem, hadranalaki lekerem, hadranalaki lekerem, and now we begin. I believe the last parak. So we move to other forms of kilaim. It says as follows: Eino asur mishum kilaim ela tzemeru pishtan. When it comes to we refer to shatna, so kilei begadim, which is more accurately, we should say that, that is that the prohibition is only with semer or pishtin, those two materials. It's not just mixing any fabrics, or it's only wool and linen. It says, that the concept of tuma of negaim. Now, we're more familiar with negaim, meaning this, so we refer to tsara'at, uh, affecting one's skin, but it can affect one's clothing and also one's house as well. And that's when it, on clothing, if it's a red or green, yarakrak or damdam, this mark that happens to be on it, and there's ways to trade it, what you're meant to do. Now, the only clothing it can affect is, once again, semer or pishtin, wool and linen. And similarly, also coin would only serve in the Beit HaMikdash, elevate semer or pishtin as well, only wool and linen. Those are the type of fabrics that were used. Now, what happens if you've got semer gmalim, wool from a camel that is like a, beaten out or, or mixed together, blended with semer rachalim, shatar from zebazeb. Now we say, what fabric is that considered? It says, if it's a majority of that of a camel, then we say it's mutar, it's fine to be along with linen. Why? Because we say the wool is batil in it. However, if it's if it's, if it's majority of wool, then we trade it like wool. If it's mechetza, mechetza, we go lechumra and it's asur. And similarly, kanbus, hemp along with pishtan, with linen as well, we have the same judgment in terms of whatever's a majority, the other minority is considered batil, it's 50-50, we say it's asur. So that that, mix, that, that that's mixed fiber, if you like, of canvas and pishtan, if there's 50-50, you wouldn't be able to have it with clothing that is wool. Next, hashirayim v'kalach, these are types of silk. Ein vahim mishum kilayim. There's no isur kilayim. Aval asurim mishum marit ayin. However, nonetheless, since they look, have the appearance of pishtan, then we say this asur to have with wool because of marit ayin. Finally, we say hakarim v'ksatot ein a bit more than that, actually. That pillows and, and mattresses don't have a problem with kilayim because you're not wearing them. However, his flesh cannot touch them directly. Now, why is that? In other words, you have to put something over the top of it if you wanted to have a, a mattress at a kilayim because we're concerned if he puts his skin on it, some of the fibers would actually come around him and then it's considered like levisha, like, like wearing. And again, the issue of kilayim is wearing or having it on top of you and not simply, be, so that's why um, that would be considered like wearing. Then we said, add ain arai le kilayim. There's no concept of irai, meaning if you just want to temporarily chuck a bit of kilayim on you, it would be asur. And finally, loyal bosh kilayim al gabe asara filu lignoveta mechas. That is an interesting one. Uh, Mr. Shem will deal with it in more detail. But um, in other words, you're not allowed to have kilayim over multiple layers. 
even if you're not wearing directly, even if your intention is even if you're trying to evade taxes. Now, this is not a recommendation by the Gemara, um, the, sorry, by the Mishnah, but the general understanding here is we're talking about muhsin. Um, sometimes they had uh, unlawful tax collectors, thugs, mafiosas type of things. And they would come around and they might tax you according to every garment you have in your cupboard, but not things that you're wearing. So in other words, in, in other words, you're, what you're doing by avoiding this is a justifiable thing. We're not talking, about, we're not chas v'chalam talking like mandating people to avoid taxes to pay into the government, but this is this is the context of the parashim explained. Okay, let's continue. Let's continue. I would think the issue of shatnas is actually only maybe the issue is only if I wear it. Even just having it over your shoulder, putting like even if you're not wearing it, but it's on you, that would still be a problem. So now say, if it's if it's on it, maybe it means even if you're carrying your backpack on a basket behind you, the fact that Torah says must mean just as it will come with clothing, it's something the body gets benefit from, it's warmed by it. So too, the the issue is of not having like, not just a garment in your backpack, but it's actually on you getting some sort of hana from it. Now we say, now the Gemara asks, what's the Shino Giris of the Gra here? Um, what does he say? No, it doesn't matter. He just moves it. Let's I'm sorry. Same line. Same line. What, what do we learn from loyal alecha? It says, Rav Nicha Bar Saba said, Rav Yochanan B'Shem Rebzir said, Rebzir said, Now listen to this, this Chiddush. If you have a big, long beggar, some of it has kilayim, and the section of that garment, like a long draping cloak or something, is resting on the floor. And the section that's actually on your body and not draping on the floor doesn't have any kilaim on it. Still, you still can't have it on you. Even includes it, it means any garment that has kilaim, even if the kilaim part is not actually on you. Um, fine. Let's let's uh, uh, let's let's uh, let's stop here. Okay. We'll pick it up from here tomorrow. Very good. Thank you.